Our guest on the show today is Raymond Lott, better known as the Marine Rapper. If you don't follow him on social media, you should. This guy is driven, and I wanted to bring him on board to talk about his time in the Marine Corps and his journey to become the Marine Rapper. He joined the Marine Corps in 2004 as a combat correspondent. He was stationed with the 1st Marine Division and was deployed to Iraq and Afghanistan. He received three journalism awards for his contribution to Marine Corps history. In 2006, he won the Department of Defense Thomas Jefferson Award. Also in 2006, the United States Marine Corps Combat Correspondents Association awarded him the Photojournalist of the Year. And in 2013, he won first place for a human interest feature by that same organization. What I respect most about this Marine is his dedication to other veterans. He created Ninja Punch Music and used that platform to promote active duty and military veteran artists through various music and video projects. He supports multiple genres such as instrumental, country, gospel, hip-hop, and many others. I really enjoyed speaking with him, and I hope you enjoy it. Semper Fi. Yeah, so thanks again for coming on. A um, little bit of technical difficulties there. But like I was oh, saying, man, I think you have a, a, a very inspirational journey, man. I just wanted to dig into it a little bit and just share your story with the listeners. So of course. would you mind sharing how you, where you grew up and, and your life as a child, your family life? Okay, well, first I was born in Newark, New Jersey, uh, Brick City, kind of close to New York. Um, son of a Marine and just every male in my family been in the Marine Corps. Um, so we moved around a lot and stuff like that. But um, uh, one of the uh, like last duty stations before uh, my dad and my mom split up was Oceanside, California um, at Camp Pendleton. So I ended up in California, growing up in California. Um, so I grew up watching Marines out in town. And sometimes I didn't have the most favorable like depiction of them specifically because I saw the ones that were acting up. Cause if you're not acting up, you, they, you don't stand out. Right. So I saw the ones that were acting up and I was like, oh, I don't like Marines. And I was back then I was like a small dude. I was like four foot 11. I was like, I could be pushed into trash cans, lockers, whatever bullies wanted to put me in. I could be put into that. Right. So I did not like Marines um, because they just had that aura uh, to them, to me, like from my perspective there, there's like a cockiness to them, but I didn't understand until later. But anyways, like as I started to grow older and I became a junior, I grew like a whole foot. And then I started working at Taco Bell and I became a rapper. I was wrapping up tacos and I was just like, man, this is like a dead end job. I don't want to do anything with Taco Bell. Um, even though I love it and I still eat Taco Bell to this day, I was like, I want more out of this, out of this life and all that. So what am I going to do? And I was like, if I'm not at a specific place in my life with my rapping, because I was rapping before the Marine Corps, but I wasn't good. I, I didn't know what I was doing. Um, if I'm not at a certain place, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And, and I chose the Marine Corps specifically because I was like, oh, if I'm going to join any type of service, it has to be the hardest. And in my opinion, Marines were the hardest. And I thought um, everybody went to war. I thought every like Marine was a rifleman, like how they say, I thought every Marine was a rifleman. Um, 
until you know they gave me a specific job in boot camp they gave me a combat correspondent i didn't even know what that was they're like you're a combat correspondent <laughs> and they were like quoting full metal jacket that marine movie and all of that and i'm just like what are they what are they talking about <laughs> um so after boot camp i went to maryland for mos school and they taught me how to write and they taught me how to take pictures actually i sucked at it so bad that i had to take the course over again <laughs> it's kind of funny because I, all I do now is write and I'm a lyricist now, but like I sucked in school and I'm glad I failed the first time and had to go through again. Cause I felt like that made me hungrier. So I went through school and then after I passed the second time, um, they're like, Oh, we got the perfect duty station for you. We're going to give you first Marine division. And if you know anything about first Marine division, first Marine division is out there back home at camp Pendleton. So I yep. ended up back home as a, as a active duty Marine. And they're like, hey, we're going to attach you to uh, the grunts out there. And then, you know, when you guys go to Iraq, that's what you'll be doing. And so I'm like, what? So, like, I'm like this hybrid Poe grunt character thing with a camera and and a pen. And I'm just like, <laughs> what? Just like Full Metal Jacket, just like Joker. Yeah, Joker. <laughs> I was just like Joker. And I was like, yo, like, what? What am I supposed to do? They're just like, don't get anybody killed. And just, <laughs> and that's it. Just mind your business. Don't get nobody killed. Take your little pictures and stuff like that, but just stay out of the way. So in order to get the like really sexy photos while I was over in Iraq and Afghanistan and stuff, the best ones are like in front of them so you can see their face, right? So I would be running rooftop to rooftop trying to get in ahead of them tactically so I can get a photo, which is like looking back on it, I was just like, that had to be the craziest thing I ever thought I would. But when you're over there, you just have a different sense of reality. Everything's surreal. Um, and you're just not far as like life and death. It's not, um, that big of a deal at all. Yeah, man, that, that's a, that's an underappreciated MOS, right? The combat correspondent. So per the Marine Corps, you're, you're, you're in charge of presenting the official Marine Corps message, right? But it's, it's bigger than that. You're capturing the history and the actions of these Marines that you're, you're actually with, right? And it's, Correct. it's a huge part of history. And you have people like Max Desfor and David Duncan who do a, yeah. who, who did a phenomenal job at capturing the human element, the human element of war. It is a, a very underappreciated MOS. And as you were saying earlier, I, I had the same mindset when I joined the Marine Corps. It was everybody's yeah. a grunt. You go out there and you fight. You didn't realize that there were cooks and motor T and air wing yeah. and all these other units. You just thought you had a rifle. So where were you? You were, you were in Iraq in 2006, right? 2006, correct. Can you tell us a little about that? So I was in Iraq in 2006. And like I said, I was, I felt like Aladdin jumping rooftop to rooftop, <laughs> taking photos, all that type of stuff, uh, writing stories. Um, Hilo. He, he, uh, I was up in helos. I was on mountain patrols and Humvees or seven tons or tanks. I was just doing everything. Like I wanted to become every MOS I possibly could because I wanted to get my mind off the fact that I was deployed overseas. So I was just like, Oh, what do I want to do today? Okay. I want to fly today. Oh, let me go fly with these guys. Oh, hmm. Hey, Hey, can I ride with your, with your, um, with your convoy today? They're like, yeah, whatever. Stay out of the way. Don't get nobody killed. All right, cool. Like, like, it, like literally it's that type of talk, you know, Marine Corps, like it's just blunt. It's like, Hey, don't get nobody killed. Stay out of the way. And we're good. Yeah. That, that, that was a, the tough battle. So if we're, if we're talking about the same one, the second battle of Habaniya, yeah, uh, yep, yep. yep. happened between August, 2006 and February, 2007, that, that one is intense, right? Because I think there was a 15% casualty, casualty rate in the Marine Corps. 
The strength yeah. was around 852. 14 were killed, 12 yeah. by IED and 2 by sniper fire, and 120-something were, were wounded. So that was the... I don't feel the Iraq and Afghanistan wars get what they deserve, right? There was a lot that went into it from a strategic standpoint, yeah. uh, especially from Afghanistan and, and the whole Mattis perspective on how he was able to to increase the amphibious landing range by Marines it was like 250 miles. And it's those are these two wars, even though you don't hear about them a lot in the media, I think they're going to be studied a lot during future Marine Corps training programs, right? For officers oh, yeah. and sergeants course, things like that. It was, it's something that's underrated. And, and the second battle of Habanaya was, was up there as well. Yeah. Man. And it, it was crazy. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Uh, one of the most intense times was during Ramadan uh, over there. And yeah. I was over there on accident. I was over at an OP. OP is an observation post. I was at an observation post on accident because we went on patrol on a convoy. And they're like, hey, camera guy, I know you want to get some stories. My unit's going out right now. Hop on the um, the truck and we're just going to go out to this OP. You'll st you'll, you know, you go out there, you stay there. So they're like, hey, camera dude, we're not going to leave for a little bit. So just go in the hooch and um, and just relax, man. Just relax. Open your flak jacket up, lean back, just let the air in because it was like 140, 120 to 140 degrees over there at that time. So I lean back and then I wake up like, <gasps> you know, you wake up all in a scurry and stuff like that. And like, yo, what's going on? What's going on? And, you know, I have slobber on down the side of my face and trying to put my gear back on. They're like, what do you mean what's going on? They're like, aren't you in there sleeping or whatever? I'm like, yeah. They're like, I'm like, yo, where's my where's my truck, man? They're like, oh, they already left, bro. I don't know when you're <laughs> going to ride back, but they already left, right? Yeah. Like, so you can just go chill back out inside that hooch. So I go to chill back outside the hooch. Right afterwards, it sounded like popcorn. Mm, yep. Started attacking the base. Um, and it was crazy because... Um, after I found out that I was going to stay there before little, I'm doing a little uh, Quentin Tarantino, like a little bit before that, what happened was um, I asked, I said, Hey, can I go on the foot patrol? They're like, no, you're an asset. I was like, hmm. Hey, can I go on this patrol? They're like, no, you're an asset. They're like, no, you can't go. And as we got attacked, there was a complex attack. There were small arms fire and RPGs. And, and then there was one of the um, officers that got shot right through the mouth. We thought hmm. it was the head at, at first because he was like down, but yeah. it was it was through his mouth, like 50 cent or something. <laughs> and then um, there's a um, suicide vehicle um, that killed the uh, Iraqi police as well. So it was just like a multifaceted attack and they attacked us too at the base. And then, we, you know, we got in a firefight at that point. But um, it was some some crazy stuff during that time. That was, The peak of it for me was Ramadan. Yeah, so the, the that attack was that was that Kandahar or were you still talking about Habania? Habania. Yeah, yeah, Habania. So yeah, yeah, something similar happened in Kandahar. So it, you were there as well, right? In two thousand eight. Yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah, I believe there was a, a suicide bombing that targeted the police commander. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, and that same thing, a big thing, one of the biggest bombings during the time. A lot of stuff going on. It's crazy. I got I I got really lucky. Just, it, I, I feel like, like when you, cause you know, you know, as Marines, we train, 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 train. So yep. it, me trying to figure out how to, you know, shoot or 
reload a mag or anything like that. That wasn't even on my mind like that because we've done it so many times. That was yeah, second nature. Yeah, it's yeah. just pull it up and shoot, you know, mm-hmm. or, or put the mag in or whatever. But that, so that wasn't on my mind at all. Um, the only thing that was on my mind was just like trying to survive. And the thing that kept me alive was specifically because of my training. Yeah, it's, that's a big one, right? The muscle movement, the muscle memory, just yep. understanding what to do and things just come second nature to you. That's mm-hmm. why we drill, drill, drill. Yep. But after Iraq and Afghanistan, what did you do? So you, you came back to the States, I'm assuming California. Yeah, I and- came back to California. After I came back to California, I got orders to go to uh, marketing and public affairs out in Texas. So. Hmm you know, billboards and radio stations type of advertisements and things like that. And, and making sure that the recruiters had their pull-up bars at the high schools and things like that. So basically I was kind of like, you know, like, you know, what do they call it? A, a caddy or something for a recruiter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I like, you know, uh, give me my nine iron. Instead it was like, you know, give me my, give me my pull-up, pull-up bar. Yeah. Like, give me my pull-up bar. And, but it was cool. I had a sweet ride. I had a, a, a big red Hummer that had like an Xbox in the back and all types of stuff, which nice. government vehicle, but it's so dope. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I did that. And that actually was one of my better um, duty stations because I learned marketing. Like it wasn't like they were teaching me marketing per se, like exactly. Oh yeah. This is how you're going to apply marketing to everything you do. But like, I just watched how well the Marine Corps did marketing far as their colors and and their their sayings and all of that. I was just like, wow, the few, the proud, and then they have the the uh, the scarlet and 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 navy blue and wow, like oh cool, and the black and the gold. Okay, cool. That means they have colors that people can recognize with all the time. And when even if you just saw the colors together, you'd be like Marine Corps. And I was like, oh okay, well I'm gonna do the same thing when it comes to uh, rapping. Um, I'm going to just adopt certain things for me. So like, that's why this American flag jacket that I'm wearing right now, it has become like a trademark specifically because yep. people associate it with me. So if I don't wear it, they'll be like, what's wrong? <laughs> no, that, that's another great point, right? When you think of Marine Corps, you don't think of the marketing aspect of it, but man, just look around all the commercials and the billboards and all the posters there they're probably one of the best or they are the, the best recruiting campaigns and the best marketing in the armed forces. Right. So every, every year you think you talk about the Marine Corps birthday and you have these badass Marine Corps commercials that come on and they're motivating, not just for Marines, but for people who want to join the Marines. So yeah. good learning opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And, and JWT, which is J Walter Thompson, they are the marketing firm for at the time for the Marine Corps. And when they, when they were doing that, um, they actually got an award for being in, out of anybody, not just the, the military, but just as they got the top award, J- hmm. JWT got the top award for the Marine Corps, uh, the few, the proud. Yeah, well deserved, man. I mean, you hear it all all over the place and people just say it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. You should have been the, the voiceover for that. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I mean, I get to do it now, but while I was in, it wasn't so easy, like. I actually like when I got recycled on the writer course, um, they, there was an option to be um, a broadcaster. And I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Like, I'll get to learn the mics and sound and all that for free on the, you know, the military's dime and stuff like that. But it didn't happen like that because they said I mispronounced one word that I will never mispronounce again. <laughs> what is it? Ask. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. So when you're saying it in a sentence, sometimes you might be like in an axe. You know what I mean? Like axe. Oh, yeah. So because yeah. I didn't enunciate, um, they told me that I wasn't good enough for the broadcast position, which was which if I knew both um, outcomes, I would pick the ground troop over anything any day because it, it was like the one of the it's, it was the dopest thing. You can't people wish that they did what I did. Oh, yeah. Down there on the ground, like running around with grunts like. Yeah, front lines, man. You're your front line capturing everything. It's it's a it's a big uh, responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. And you won a prize for that, right? 2013. Yeah. Yeah, I won the um. Well, well, it was it, I won the prize for the top journalist, uh, the Thomas Jefferson Award for a standalone photo. It's called Iraqi Woman, where her face is like exposed and she's outside of a door, and then um, right next to her, you can see in in the distance, you can say you can actually see a um, Iraqi policeman like watching over her house, and she just looks scared. Yeah. Um, so that's what I got that award for, but I got some other other awards but the biggest award was the uh the award for photojournalism and that was the top award in all of the military did you did you know what you were taking when you took that picture or was it just kind of a last minute thing no um well i mean i when, you, when i pressed the button i know i knew the woman was going to be in there mm. uh, i was in shock uh because i at at that particular time i had not seen a woman with no face mask so I, we didn't see them. And so when I saw her, I was like, wow, first of all, you don't got a face mask on. And then second of all, you are beautiful. Wow. Hmm. There's so many beautiful Middle Eastern women over there. And I was just like, wow, you guys are so be like naturally beautiful, like no makeup, just naturally beautiful, just walking out in town, getting groceries and all that type of stuff. Um, but the reason why I took that photo, because I was like, wow, she's so beautiful. Um, but the only reason I was able to take that photo was because I actually went to another base called Altacadam TQ and I actually bought a camera, like a point and shoot camera um, from like the PX area uh, to go on patrol that next day, specifically because I broke my camera. So hmm. I broke my camera and the gunny, my gunny was like, are you kidding me? You broke your camera? Now you're useless. You're basically like a grunt. Da, 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 da. You need to go out there and what you need to do is you need to figure it out. I don't care how you figure it out. You need to figure it out. But I need some I need some photos and I need some stories. You figure it out. And so I figured it out. I went on the next mail run. And like I said, I got the camera and and that photo that I took literally after I got chewed out because I deserved it was the best photo in the military. And I took nice. it with a point and shoot camera. <laughs> Improvise, adapt, and overcome. You have to. Yeah, yeah. You always man, have to. Man, that, that's a that's a lesson that that I still live by, right? So it, it goes far beyond the Marine Corps, you know, especially a life after the Marine Corps. Oh, for sure. Man. So, I mean, touching on that subject, what did you do? So tell me about your life after the Marine Corps, the struggles, any humiliating jobs that you had a, to do for a while? Yeah, um, it's crazy. You're asking some really good questions. Um, I went back to Taco Bell. So I went to, back to Taco Bell because I knew it would be easy. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I just want to work here. I'll be a rapper, you know, wrapping up tacos or whatever. Yeah. So the manager notices that I have leadership in my bones. So he's like, mm, I can tell you're a leader. You're the manager now. And I'm like, what? No, I just want to wrap tacos. <laughs> like, well, I'll give you some more money. I was like, all right, I guess it's cool for now. So I'm wrapping tacos in Texas, in Austin. And then. After, you know, doing the night shift and stuff as a manager. And you know what? 
this is not for me. I need to quit. So I end up quitting that job at Taco Bell. After I quit the job at Taco Bell, I'm like, I was a reporter. I can get a reporter job. So let me go to the newspaper and get a reporter job. So I did. And I got it solely off the fact of the person was like, the interviewer was like, hey, so what college, um, what college experience do you have? What degree do you have? I was like, I was in the United States Marine Corps as a combat photojournalist. Nothing can scare me. Nothing is going to be better than that. I can handle anything. I literally <laughs> said that. <laughs> That's what the resume. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> There's like these little kids coming out, these 21 year olds know nothing about it. I have on the job experience to the extreme. None of these college kids right here coming from UT will do better than me. So that's yeah, not at all, man. Right. So you talk about pressure. You, you got that covered, right? You already proved yourself in Iraq and Afghanistan with that aspect. Yeah, that was my mindset. But I didn't um, but I didn't stay there. I was like, man, dude, you got out to be a rapper, dude. So you need to do that. And so I end up in L.A. and doing shows, going to school, finding my sound. And five albums later and a featured song on Apple Music um, later, uh, the Marine Rapper was born. And um it was crazy. I started putting those videos that I would make usually on YouTube. I put them on Instagram, but I would chop them down to 60 seconds. Yep. And that's how I started to build my fan base because I, because nobody was rapping at that particular time. Yeah. That, that was a smart move. Just dedicating a hundred percent into your, in, into your passion, man. You need yeah. to do that. You can't, you can't be half in and half out and expect success. You need exactly. to. That's awesome, man. So, so what's your, what was your biggest challenge transitioning out of the Marine Corps? My biggest challenge was me, uh, my mindset telling me that I couldn't do it or settling for less. I would settle for, you know, like I told you, I settled for working at Taco Bell yeah. as opposed to actually getting a higher paying job. Um, just the belief in myself was the hardest thing to attain because in the Marine Corps, you have a mission. It's very clear what you're supposed to be doing. And if you don't know, a staff NCO will get you straight on track and let mm -hmm. you know exactly what to do. So I'm like, okay, I don't, you know, I don't have the staff NCO anymore. I don't have nobody. I'm alone. Like I, I cried on the bathroom floor and all types of stuff. Like I was not okay. I was not okay because I did not know myself. I did not have an identity. It's just, it sucks, you know? Yeah. Um, but after after a while, I just got over myself and said, hey, man, you're here for a reason to keep these guys alive. So let's go. That That's that's powerful, right? Because uh, I appreciate you sharing that vulnerability there. And I think I, I think every Marine that, that gets out, that transitions out of the Marine Corps, not not just Marines, just veterans in general, they have that problem of finding their identity. Right. So you're you're in the military and you understand what your, your role is and your mission and and what you need to do moving forward. But once you get out no one's telling you what to do. No one has, uh, no one has any, any goals for you. And you're responsible for doing that by yourself. And most of the, most of us deal with it alone. So that's, that's a big, that's a big problem. Um, I think community is a big component of, of fixing that issue, but yeah, these, these issues you hear with PTSD and, and veterans that are just struggling to, to deal with life after the military, it's, it's a challenge, man. So I, I appreciate you sharing that vulnerability just to let people know they're they're not alone. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, and just and another thing, it's too life is too short to fake the funk, and then the people are gonna find out anyway. They'll be like, mm, "You're really not about that life," you know? Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah. You can tell. You can tell after even if they were faking at the beginning, you can eventually tell. And you're just like, "No, that's not 
that's not in your heart. We know, we can see it. That's not you. And I don't want to be called like that. I want to be seen on the street. And they're like, yo, you're the same dude that I saw on the podcast. The same <laughs> dude. I want it to be like that. And but look, because a lot of people aren't like that. So no, man. And and yeah, on Instagram, I'm pretty sure you see it all the time. You have all these the inspirational speakers out there who post some generic quote or some cheap platitude and and call it a day. But they're not doing anything, man. They're not doing anything in anything impressive. At least a quote will only get you so far. It's all about the passion. And you're right. You could tell you got to have passion. You have to do something. You have to have works. Yeah, man. And that, that kind of leads to the next part. So I, I've been following you for about a year, man. There's two things that have inspired me on your page. And one of them is your willingness to share success with, with fellow veterans. It's it's amazing. Now you bring everybody in and you're you're rising up together as it should be, right? You, you hear a lot of these veterans just knocking each other down, but you're, you're yeah. doing it right. You're you're bringing them in, showcasing their talent and just building them up. And yeah. and that that's that's honorable. And Thank the second thing yeah, and the second thing is is your drive, man. You got so many projects going on and businesses. Oh, yeah. It's it's impressive, man. You you just you just hustle and just. <laughs> I don't and, even remember. Like, <laughs> there's like so much stuff. I'm like, oh wow, I I do have an album coming out next week. Like, I've, like literally, it's like that. So why don't you just talk about some of the things you're working on and talk about Ninja Punch Music? Oh man, so Ninja Punch Music is my record label. It was named after you know Ninja Punch means you got a non-judicial punishment which means you got in trouble, which means you got a record. So I was like, oh, wow, I can name my record company after Ninja Punch Music. I, I love that, man. Punch at one time, but I never got in trouble specifically because I was such a badass photographer overseas. So they're just like, keep your nose clean and we'll suspend it. If you mess up, you're going to get knocked down in rank. And I was a sergeant at the time. So I was like, whatever toilets you need me to scrub, I'm <laughs> I don't care. I do not want like because, you know, you're God if you have a sergeant uh, chevrons on your on your on your uh, sleeves. You have Sergeant Chevron's, you're God to Marine. Best rank, yeah. Like, you know, Sergeant could, any Sergeant in the Marine Corps could hop up and be like, I got it, sir. Yep. You got it. And then they're like, oh, okay, Roger that, Sergeant. Like, mm -hmm. an officer would say that to a Sergeant because you can't make, you're not a Sergeant for no reason yep. in the Marine Corps. You, you're, you're, if you're a Sergeant, you're a Sergeant for a reason. Um, So, uh, so Ninja Bunch Music was named after um, like my personal experiences but then I expanded that umbrella to the military musician and the military musician is an all encompassing platform for all musicians from every branch of every genre. It could be recording artists, it could be a live artist, it could be whatever, they just have to be in music. Um, so that's military musician. And then now I am starting Military's Got Talent. Mil nice. Military's Got Talent is, you know, the, um, a just a t just what it says uh military talent show yeah uh, with you know acting uh comedy a little bit of music a little bit of singing probably da some dancing but it's just going to bring everybody together and entertain everybody and i'm going to have judges and and a uh, whole production team and everything and then we have a military musician podcast and then i also dropped a single an rb single because i wanted to switch it up it has nothing to do with the military I want to do something totally different. And then um, I also have an album with my rap group that is named Space Force. So I have a rap group named Space Force with two other veterans. And we dropped that the same day that the Space Force episodic series comes out on the May 29th. So it's going to be cool. Nice, man. Yeah. And, and just going back to that record, it, all the, the music from the veterans that you gathered, it's not 
it's not only rap, right? So there's, oh, there's multiple genres in there. So yeah. Great music, everything from acoustic to country to rap. Yeah. And even so, instrumental and uh, gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Instrumental. Wasn't it Arclight, I believe, was the instrumental? Arclight's the instrumental yeah. and uh, Save Me was the gospel. Yeah. So how did you get everybody together and, and coordinate this? Well, I, I just realized, you know, as I got out of the Marine Corps and looking for my mission, I just started to realize what I was good at. So I just did a whole bunch of things and somebody's like, oh, man, you're, you're really good at like people things. So I was just like, oh, snap. That means I could bring a whole bunch of people together and they'll believe me because I'm legit and then we could get something done. OK, cool. And so after I got my name up as the Marine rapper and everybody knew me, I was like, OK, now it's time to expand. And I look up to people like Puff Daddy and stuff like that. Diddy, I'm not mm -hmm. like you know, cause they gathered people together to make something really cool. Yep. So I gathered all these artists up over the internet via a music contest. So what I did is I ran a music contest and said, Hey, I'm looking for the top military musicians from a hundred. It shaved down to 20 something. At that point, we ran a Kickstarter. We were successfully funded. We made over, actually, we're trying to raise 10,000, but we've made 14,000 in three weeks for this album put it out it and then now it's on um spotify itunes or wherever music is sold we even have card copies and records too we the vinyl records we have those too i know those things are, are making a comeback i haven't played a, a record in years <laughs> how popular are they they're they're really popular for music connoisseurs some people play them really and then some people just you know have it just because look i have a collector's final you know got it so what's the thought behind those vinyl records? Is it just the, the original sound or the old school sound that attracts people? It, uh, the vinyl has a, a warmth that is not duplicated easily via um, like streaming. Makes sense. It just, it, you know, because it's in the room, you, you know, it's scratching in between the groove. It's warm. It's, you know, kind of like crackly. And that sound is exclusive to vinyl. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a, a noticeable sound, right? So I think everyone could, and they, they use it all over the place in video yeah, games yeah. and movies. Yeah, you could you could hear that crackle. I'm going to change gears here for a while. and uh, Let's do it. Uh, not really about the Marine Corps, but how are you handling this whole coronavirus thing? Coronavirus is no different than what I was doing. I'm just trying to be more careful for everybody else. Um, unfortunately, like my grandma and her sister passed away Easter weekend from COVID. I'm sorry to hear um, that, man. Yeah. Um, thanks. Um, but they passed away. And so like, there's a lot of people thinking, oh yeah, it's not real and stuff like that. But like, if, you know, especially if you're older, you're having other ailments, it could really get to you. So um, other than, you know, my family members passing away, I feel that, you know, I've been able to keep my head up and keep my head afloat, particularly because I work from home anyway. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, it tends to be the climate that we're in now, right? Everything's yeah. either black or white. It's just binary. It's either good or it's bad. But yeah, no one really sees the gray bad. area, man. Yeah. I think and this is a good example of that, man. It's, it's not going to kill the human population, but at the same time, it's it's not just the flu. It's a little bit more, it's more dangerous than the flu. So there's a, it, it takes some, some listening, man, some common sense, just understanding what's going on. But I, I hear you. It's, 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 it's a difficult time, especially... Uh, just with a lockdown, but I'm sorry to hear about your family. That's a, uh, that's rough. Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's why I'm just like, okay, well, there's a reason and, and 
I'm here and, and I'm here to actually keep on the legacy of my family and just tell their stories. So. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming on. I had one final question. It's going to sure. kind of throw you on the spot here. Sure, but when you think it. of the, when you think of Marine Corps history, what, what event or person comes to mind for you? Hmm. The Marines of Mont Montfort Point. Ah, that's a good one. Um, because if, without them, there would be no me. Uh, you know, when they first started allowing blacks into the Marine Corps, um, it was over at Montfort Point. Um, it, it's now Camp Johnson over on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. But um, the Montfort Point Marines, they had their own boot camp and they had to be like twice as good as the their uh, white counterparts. Yeah. So if you see pictures of them, they're always doing something extreme or jumping over logs or like being inspected like really harshly because the the black drill instructors were way more brutal than the white drill instructors. They wanted these black troops to be superhuman. And it it proved to be correct because when they went overseas and things, they definitely did a lot of heroics. They unfortunately weren't awarded like Medal of Honors and things like that until later. Um, but they they did um, do some really cool stuff over there. And I, I actually lucked out during the beginning of my career in 2005, I actually got to interview um, Hashmark Johnson of the Montfort Point Marines. Yeah. Um, and a lot of other Montfort Point Marines specifically because we needed to do a feature. And I was just like, I was like so honored that they would actually put me on it because it's relatable to me for being a black Marine and all that. But yeah, definitely the biggest tick mark in history for me would be the creation of the Montfort Point Marines. That's a great one, right? So there's there's a few of, of these events or a few of these milestones in the Marine Corps where they opened, opened up the Marine Corps to a wider demographic. And it's, yeah. you could, you could see the you could see the difference. So not only in in the battles won, but in just the progress of the Marine Corps by allowing and, and serve, right? There's there's a noticeable improvement in the Marine Corps. And that's that's a great one, man. And just interviewing those men, that, that must have been a great opportunity. Do you remember yeah, anything specific about those it's interviews? Crazy. Um it's just what I told you. I mean, they they knew they had to be better than their white counterparts. Like yeah not just like kind of better but like so good you know what i mean that it was just like wow you guys are something else like mom for point marines um are going or already made history but they already made history specifically because they were just so in shape so disciplined so sharp looking um drilling shooting you know all types of other activities and then also deploying and overseas and things like that that was another thing so yeah, there's a there's a great photograph. I believe it was it's a Montfort Point Marine, but they were training hand to hand combat. Oh yeah, and, yeah, that's a good one. I think I have it posted up on with the one bayonets. Of the yep, yeah, yeah. There's some good ones out there, but yeah, yeah, you're right, man. The training intense. Yeah, so I, again, I appreciate you coming on. I, I'm honored to have you. Um, but before we go, where can listeners find you? Where do you where do you want to direct them? Oh, awesome! Thank you. Again, my name is The Marine Rapper. You can find me everywhere at The Marine Rapper on Spotify, on iTunes, on Instagram, all types of social media networks and streaming services if you want to listen to my music. 
Again, my platform is The Military Musician. So if you are a military musician of any genre at all, uh, present or past or future, make sure you reach out to me at The Marine Rapper and I'll help you guys out to mold your career and get get you um, set up with a career before you get out if you're already in. And if you're already out, let's get you situated so you find a new mission in music. Again, my name is The Marine Rapper and thank you so much. So I'll post some links on the podcast description to help listeners find it. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy to find. Just look up yep. Marine Rapper and you're right there, man. And I look forward to seeing some of these veterans come out and, and hopefully come out in a new album, just hearing their talent. Oh yeah, it's going to happen. The Marine Rapper, everyone. Thanks for joining. Semper Fi. I have all the links to the Marine Rapper in the podcast description. Go check them out. We are on social media as well. Visit Marine History on Facebook and Twitter and History of the Marines on Instagram. If you or anyone you know would like to share your story, visit historyofthemarinecorps.com and shoot us a message. This segment is open to anyone. If you have an interesting story to share, we want to hear it. Thanks for listening and Semper Fi.